It didn't take much more than a bottle and two chairs to make a speakeasy. This is what Daniel Okrent said in his book, Last Call, The Rise and Fall of Prohibition. Today, join us for some stories. Get your own bottle, glass, mug, and relax. This is Speak Easily, and I'm your host, Krista Stoffer. So it's like I've thrown people off. Uh-huh. I can go to the fair and I can stop an entire row of chickens. Really? Yeah. I don't know that that's going to get me anywhere in life. It might. I don't think I it don't will. Know. No, I don't think it will. But without the list or the, what is it called again? I, well, someday when the world collapses, there has like, to be a you word have to for communicate it. with the chickens directly. There that's you really have good. it. Thank you. There you have it. But without that, if I had the proper t- teeth setting... <laughs> this sounds terrible. <laughs> We're going to move on from this time. <laughs> do you, can you do different bird calls? Different bird. Like, um, that one, it used to be a seagull see, that I could do. Because if you could start studying different bird calls, you know, there's the, the birding oh, yeah. community. There might be. There actually there might, be, might money be in there. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you, you could, might be very popular. I used to, I don't know if I can. I used to be able to do the, like the those dove things. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I could do that too. Did you teach yourself to do it? That always sound like one of you know the the morning doves. Oh yeah, that's yeah. No, I don't know that it's gonna get you. No, I also don't like birds. Oh, enough. you don't? I think birds are great. Really? I mean, especially like the really smart ones. Like the what are the really smart ones, Ben? Fill us in on your. Well, uh, and I'm getting <laughs> the actual name of the parrot wrong, but there's like it's a, a gray parrot, which is like one of the larger ones that you see, like the like. I don't want to say they're cockatoos, but I mean, see, this shows my my limits of the the bird knowledge that I have. But they're very intelligent, very very intelligent. Crows are extremely intelligent, problem solving. Oh yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. Crows are really crazy smart. smart. Yeah, and ducks are amazing. Period, across the board. Geese drive me insane. Geese are not ducks. Geese are evil. Geese are bad. I don't yeah. like them. They were once on the endangered species list. Seriously. Oh yeah. Why Especially are they all Canada here? Geese. They're all here, though. Well, because we put them on the endangered species list. So they all come to Ohio. Now they're every, and they're not just Ohio. They're everywhere. Goodness yeah. gracious, they're annoying. Yep. Well, thank you for your bird knowledge. This has been this is... the bird minute here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love I love birds. Do you really? I'm kind of a bird nerd. I, yeah. You're a bird nerd? I'm a bird nerd. That's what I heard. Um, <laughs> the bird. Well, everybody's heard about the word. The word. Uh, like, do you own yeah, a bird? Know. No, 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 no. Would you I mean, like, I like to look at them and, like, try to figure out what they are. Okay. No, I'm not crazy. Like, I'm not yeah. like there's I, I do have a bird guide. OK, that's, and, not, that's uh, not a nerd thing. That's I've cool. never forked out enough money for like a decent set of like. But I like to try to identify them. And, OK. Yeah. So there's okay. I, I do take some you like the birds pleasure in that. But would you own a bird? You wouldn't have. No, a bird because a it defeats the purpose of loving birds. How you can't you? own a bird, man. The birds got to be. F- I'm sorry. <laughs> can't own a bird, man. <laughs> You can own a bird, but you can't own a burn band. I feel like there's a song that should come on right now. <laughs> but you, so owning a bird is not. Yeah, so I, I don't, I, you know, the bird, the whole bird in the cage thing. Yeah. Like, you know, Rodeo that's their great gift, right? They fly. They have the yeah. gift of flight. So why would you yeah. put it in a cage? It seems I think that's particularly why it, just. Uh, it's just mean. Yeah, particularly just bad. I think what happened was that I like high school years, probably I babysat for a family. They had a bird and they had a b- big 
bird. <laughs> they yeah. didn't have big bird. They had a large bird okay. in the house. Mother like flew around and it was like, oh, yeah, that's uh-uh, no. And they're like, let it land on your shoulder. I'm like, ah! yeah. <laughs> it's just not, yeah. no, there's something that's just not right about that. I don't yeah, know what it is. House. I don't know. No, no, I don't. Mm-mm. Do you have pets? Are you an animal person? Yeah, well, because I have pets does not make me an animal person. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's rephrase. So, so yeah. you have pets. We have three. Do you really? Mm-hmm. What do you have? That's not by choice. Okay. Um, <laughs> Did well, you inherit these pets? I got, Well, no. I mean, it's it's partially my own doing. But uh, so I'm the kind of person like, okay. So here's what I got together with my wife at mm-hmm. the time. She had a cat. Okay. And then uh, I broke up with my my first wife, and um, and I got an apartment, and you know, like you're the dad, you're the guy mm-hmm. who left, right? Yeah. So now, like your place is like the it's the less place. It's y- the, the secondary, right? It's yeah. Even though it was always shared time, like I mm-hmm. made sure, like I yeah. we we have our kids exactly the mm-hmm. same amount of time. But it's that psychological thing, right? Like, so I got a kitten for them to have in this place. So then we moved in. Mm -hmm. My new wife moved in at that time and she brought her cat. So then we had two cats. Mm -hmm. And I hate cats. The only reason I got the cat (laughs) was was because it, yeah, for the kids. Plus it's like you can leave it alone. It's going to crap in its box and all that stuff. And you don't have to walk it. Yeah. So like, and plus we weren't supposed to have pets at that place. Ah, So So it went from having one illegal pet to like in a few months having two illegal pets. Why not? (laughs) And then that was crazy because the cats didn't like each other for a long time. That's nice. (laughs) So, but then my boys were, they have a dog at their mom's house. Okay. And now they have two dogs there because when I left, she filled that void with a dog, a second dog. Which is great, right? You can fill like you can, you can fill, fill my heart. void with a yeah. big black idiot dog, <laughs> and um, and so then there were two dogs there, and then we had two cats. They had two dogs there, two cats okay. with us, yeah. And they were always pestering me for a dog, so I was telling my Jeez. wife, I was like, well, maybe we should get a puppy or something. Wouldn't that be fun? Like, and you know, we again, we Famous were having problems, words. and it mm-hmm. was like, no, we shouldn't do that, but. Then you start looking and it's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. See, that's said, where it happens. You right. can't start looking. So we got a dog. Uh, of course you did. What would you get? It's a mini Labradoodle. Oh. But he's uh, super cute. He is um, like really he's playful but calm mm-hmm. and like he's a lover, like snuggles up. Oh. And he's just okay. he's he's been really great for the boys. He's been yeah. really great for us. And. Is it still illegal to own pets? Where you no, live? no, we okay, moved. You so okay, we're in another good. place. So I was like, that was we a did sneak one cat in. Okay. So <laughs> because you got to pay all these, animal. yeah, you got to pay all these. Like, mm-hmm. give me a break! I'm not paying like a crazy fee for each one of these. You have to pay for things. each of them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually more expensive to have pets than it is to have kids, and I would argue kids what? are far more destructive on Seriously? an apartment than uh, pets are. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. I mean. Granted, That's they don't insane. pee in the corners, theoretically. Uh, they might. They might. They yeah. might. But uh, anyway, I, the way I put it is, look, I like all these. I like them. They're you like okay. Your pets. I like. Yes, I'm okay. not crazy about. I love animals in general, like wild animals. Like yeah. that stuff is really cool right. to me. I'm 
It's fine. They're fine. I will not cry when any of them dies. That's really, yeah. I will not. I don't have okay. that okay. thing. That That's, doesn't mean I don't love them in my own right. way. Yeah. But I find that um, adult human beings who cry over pets to be a little bit like there's something stunted there hmm. emotionally, in my estimation. Can I have more coffee? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, business hmm? podcast. So that one. Um, I found interesting because, you know, we were going to sit there for two hours and 20 minutes yeah. and watch this movie and drink the whole time. And so he chose for that episode, the cheapest whiskey. <laughs> Knowing, I think, see, I think he knew mm -hmm. that I would put him out of a bottle of something mm -hmm. really good. Oh yeah. You know, so. cause I will just burn through a bottle right. of whiskey. So, well, if you're, and you're required to sit yeah, for two hours, sit there and so drink. what are you, you going to do? Right. So he 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 got um, a bottle of old Overholt for that uh, for that episode, what would that which is run? Like, it's it's like fifteen dollars, okay, seventeen dollars. Okay, which by the way, I'm not. <laughs> that's what I throw down all the time. Yeah, I can't afford to pay for the the amount of whiskey that I drink. Right. It it's that it'd be crazy. Yeah, it would be like a car payment. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just. Um, yeah, I buy really cheap stuff, but mm -hmm. I just thought that was interesting that he knew oh, this is going to be a two, two hours, two hours, 20 minutes plus intro. So that's two, <laughs> we're at two 30 already then kind of mixing. Okay. So this is definitely like a two five, hours and 45 minutes. Two. So two hours and 45 minutes, Johnny plus whiskey <laughs> equals, I, we got to go cheap here. Uh, yeah. We got to go bottom of Do the barrel. You, did you? Did you find yourself drunk by the end? Like I don't I don't really feel like I I get drunk anymore. Yeah. I no, I wasn't drunk. I felt fine. Happy. Got, it was a wonderful yeah, life. Yeah, it, it was a wonderful <laughs> life by the end of that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that we got two so far. More. Okay. Yeah. Um how about Miller's Crossing? No. Okay, Why don't I don't even know? I've never heard of that one. Cohen Brothers movie. Okay. Um I don't know. There, there are some well obscure ones that I love, like okay. uh, the Heartbreak Kid, the original Heartbreak Kid, and with Charles Grodin. Okay. Um, directed by Elaine May, who was Mike Nichols' okay. partner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. There are a lot of them. We could go on and on. I know you're a movie buff. Yeah. Yeah. Are you? I know. And buff is. I'm a movie scholar. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's a let's. Apply yeah. proper. What is the difference between the buff and the scholar then? Okay, well, the scholar, scholar is the studies it, as opposed to the buff. Just yeah, buff just loves it willy nilly, right? Willy nilly. Willy nilly. <laughs> a, a buff, buff says, seems... "Hey, isn't uh um uh oh oh damn um that just went down? Yeah, that just that's that just okay. try it again. Go ahead. <laughs> that's the nice thing about audio. Take two. Uh, damn. <laughs> oh man, brain. It's early. Citizen Kane. Damn it. Okay. Oh, yeah. There. That's, yeah. That's, uh, uh, a, a movie buff says Citizen Kane is a really great movie. Mm -hmm. A movie scholar knows specifically why it is such a revolutionary film. That's, in the that's a great point, film. Ben. So here, uh, what a lot of people okay. will say, a movie buff will be like, oh, yeah, Citizen Kane, it's great, but I don't think it's the best movie ever made. Right. You know, yeah. and, a okay. and, a, and a film scholar will say, oh, yeah. No, a film scholar will say, um, well, 
we can't be friends now, basically, yeah. to that person. <laughs> a film scholar will recognize maybe it isn't the best movie ever right. made, but I right. can tell you reasons why people think that is or why it yeah. got that reputation. Right. Okay. Um, so there's, you know, it's, like it's any pursuit. Between, between liking the Beatles and knowing the Beatles' place in music history. Yeah, their entire kind of discography. Yeah. and uh, I do How it that. affected all of the, yeah. you know, the music from that point forward. Are we starting on yeah. that? Because I, I would call myself a Beatles scholar. Wow, yeah. really? Early, yeah. Early Beatles. Yes. But that was what dad raised us on. Yeah. Like, I mean, he brought, we had a, a throw blanket of Sergeant Pepper. Yeah. And so he brings down a mirror and sets it in the middle. And he's like, okay, the Paul is dead stuff. This is where you look at the, I mean, he went through all of that. And I think just seeing his journey mm. through that. So yeah. 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 The Beatles. That was my. Was my wow. Jam. That's great. I yeah. love the Beatles. Yeah. Favorite band. Would you say? Um, One of them. I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I mean, sure. Of course. That's silly. It's silly not to say that. Yes, absolutely. Okay. I don't know that they're my I, my favorite band, mm-hmm. but yes, I, I probably listen to the Beatles more than any other band, I guess. All right. So, favorite album? Of the Beatles? Of the now, Beatles. See, now, this is where I'm out of my element. I don't know okay. all the albums. Um, Some of your favorite songs. And I'll I'll help you narrow it down. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. You tell me what your favorite songs are, the Beatles, and then I'll tell you if I like that song or not. Okay. So my favorite album overall is Abbey Road. Okay. Because on the second side, on the B side, is where you have this whole string of songs that starts with um, You Never Give Me Your Money and ends with The End slash Mm-hmm. Her Majesty. So it's like this seven song. And I wish each one of those songs was about three minutes I longer. I do too. Golden Slumbers amazing. is in there. Yeah. Um, but Abbey Road also has Here Comes the Sun. Um, is Yellow Submarine? Yeah, Yellow Submarine's on that one. Um, That's a Day terrible in the Life, song. was that? Day in the Life in was life. Revol- not Revolver. No, it was uh, Sergeant Pepper. Sergeant Pepper. Yeah. Sergeant Pepper's another favorite okay. one. Revolver is my second favorite. Mm. Um yeah. So you're more of a late Beatles person than early. In a way, I do like the early stuff. I like the early is, stuff. Yeah, it's but, poppy and it's yeah. fun, but it's but it's, it's not them. It's not who they became. Well, yeah. there were a lot of drugs involved in that. There were a lot, a of, lot drugs of drugs. Involved. Yeah. Yeah. What, what What are some of your early? Like- uh, I don't know. I like here, here's the thing: is there's I, and I think this is probably because of my movie mm-hmm. scholarship. Yeah. Thing. Like I can't, I cannot intellectually value one period over another like right. i see them all like one begets the mm-hmm. other right right so i can't i mean there's so much joy to be had in that early yes. Beatles stuff and so much sort of intellectual pleasure mm-hmm. to be had in the later stuff um it's the same with uh it's the same with elvis to me too by the okay. way i won't i won't choose elvis yeah. over the beatles or the beatles right. over elvis that but seems that cool. seems to me to be an inane question that's not mm-hmm. a comparison right like yeah but people do that they right do. are you are you an elvis, elvis or, or are you beatles? beatles and i think if you're being honest if you i mean you can't choose one no. of the other no one over the other um and likewise with elvis some people like the early elvis some mm-hmm. people prefer yeah. the older elvis i i don't know the i think actually for me i prefer the early elvis the earlier stuff mm-hmm. 50s yeah early 60s uh and i'm obsessed with the 1968 comeback special mm. and nice. him on uh him on stage and that little have you ever seen that where it's just like yeah. he's in the back room and he's just got that black leather outfit and yeah. he's just like killing it yeah with just that. a handful of people yeah. okay it's, it's amazing it's mm. it's animal it's yeah. truly yeah. like did you uh, grow up on that though 
I, I grew up on, yeah, you know, my dad had a stack of records that I was always fiddling through. My my dad had a stack of records mm-hmm. and my sister had a stack of records. Okay. My sister she was older. Yeah, okay. much older. I had two older sisters, one 15 and and the other 11 years older than me, respectively. Oh, my gosh. So big gap. Okay. And then my dad and my mom and my mom and dad had me late. Yeah. So they had all this like stuff from the 40s and the oh, 50s. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, you know, and then my sister had all this hip stuff in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I would just, you know, I was just, I was a weird, weird kid. Yeah. Just, like I would look at record covers and then if it was like demonic, you know, I was like this Catholic kid. I'd be like, ew. <laughs> Never look gross and like, you know, like scratch it or something, you know? (laughs) Um, and then I, I discovered Barry Manilow. Oh yeah. My sister. And I said this, I remember like seeing the cover and I was like Mm -hmm. this, he seems nice. He seems like a nice guy. (laughs) And, uh, and it was his greatest hits album. Oh gosh. And yeah, Um, it was just a close up of his face and I liked his big nose and I liked his, (laughs) he just looked warm and sweet. He, yeah. And I listened to that stuff and I, I became a huge Barry Manilow fan. And You're to this fan- day, a fan-a-low. I am a fanalo. Okay. Yeah. You still like Barry? I love it. I okay. love it. There's nothing wrong with that stuff. It's beautiful, balladeering. He's kinda, a great voice. Yeah. He's got a great voice. Some of those songs are just, they're actually, you know, lyrically, some of them are still great. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I love it. Weekend in New England is my favorite song of his. That is a good it's one. It's a gorgeous that song. That is, a, yeah. It's a heartbreaker. Oh, man, it is rough. Yeah. And But the crescendo, yes. all the bridge. He just, but he sings so properly, too. Like, it, it's just this wonderful yeah. voice. And, and But what's interesting, so I, I'm also, like, like Dino. Yeah. Into the crooners, you yeah. know, Sinatra yeah. and Dean Martin and all of them, you know, right. Mel Torme. And, mm-hmm. uh, and when I was a kid, my dad would listen to this station and, in Pittsburgh, it was called um, Wish One Hundred, <laughs> and it was all this like easy listening stuff, yeah. you know. And it was it was a lot of that Sinatra yeah. and Perry Como, right. and I remember like my dad going like, "Listen to this, listen to this, isn't that great? Listen to this guy." <laughs> and I'd be like, "Okay." And then the next one would come on. And he goes, "Oh, oh, listen to here." Look, at and I was I was just like, "How can you tell the difference?" Yeah, they sound. They all sound the same. Would you telling me that is this guy is different than the guy that we just listened to? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's that. That was Perry Como. This is Dean Martin. Come on. You know, and um, and, and now, you know, I love hearing those voices yeah. and I can hear the differences yeah. in those uh, in their approaches in their right. the, the way they break up the words or the quality of their voice. Um, but Barry Manilow yeah. has this really beautiful voice. But it's this kind of you hear that like Brooklyn accent mm-hmm. come through a little bit. Yeah. And that sort of that was so 70s, mm-hmm. you know, allowing that kind yeah. of a uh, little bit of your your reality right. and your background to yeah. kind of seep into the music. There was nobody like him, though. I mean, there was I don't know what his influences would have been. And maybe you are scholarly enough in the world of the Manilow. Mm-hmm. But I mean, what he kind of did his own thing, yeah. I would think. I mean, there was there's a touch of the. uh almost the torch song feeling to stuff, but mm-hmm. the ballads and then the, the I think it was just the way, feel. I think it was just the way people at that time, those artists, and I can't, I don't necessarily see it all the time now. Yeah. I guess you can see it in the way a lot of filmmakers um, ape Scorsese's mm-hmm. style. 
Yeah. Like, I can't tell you how many movies I, I just can't even watch them anymore. Mm. Like a lot of times, like, please, we just started watching a American Hustle the other day mm. again, which is a fine, fun movie. Yeah. But you're watching it. And it's like, oh, my God, it's it's ripping off the, the beats and rhythms and of Goodfellas, like to the minute. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Camera stuff, like swish pans and, you know, it's it, it becomes really sort of distracting if mm-hmm. you don't it, yeah. when you know where that's coming from right, right. and where You're like you know mm, come, on. come on and so you know scorsese in in the 70s and the 80s when people saw his style mm-hmm. what he was doing he was influenced by the filmmakers of the 40s yeah. and the 50s right. and from across the board hollywood and and european alike but he would ingest those films and when he expressed that it came out in this weird different way yeah like almost like exaggerated way um, you know, like Scorsese is one of the only people that would use a slow motion shot that did that. You would be like, why, why are you using slow motion now? Right. Like somebody just walking in a door, mm-hmm. but that was his way of saying like, oh my God, yeah. this person walking through the door, this is a moment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think maybe Barry Manilow was doing in some ways the mm-hmm. same thing, taking those, those ballads of the, you know, from the great American songbook, right. the Gershwin, yeah. Irving Berlin yeah. stuff, and then kind of uh, regurgitating them, but in a, in a different in way, in a, in a 70s yeah. type of more down to earth. Did you ever see know. him in concert? Yeah. Yeah. Once, one time. Yeah. Okay. I know he's not touring anymore, but. I don't think so. I think he's dead. No, I'm just No, he's, not, he's dead. not dead. He is not dead. He might as well be dead. He should just be dead. Let's just. <laughs> I don't know. Just for the record, Johnny is wishing for Barry Manilow to be dead. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did so, you know that Barry Manilow is also responsible for a great many of the jingles yes. that, that we know and love um, these days? Not one of the insurance companies. Which one? Uh, like a good neighbor. neighbor State, State Farm, Farm yeah. is there. Yep. Yeah. And, he also uh, did uh, the best part of waking up is Folgers in Your Cup. He yeah. did. Like in the 80s, like he was. That well, was actually, one of his it was more in the things. 70s. Yeah. Into, because by the 70s, he had. I don't know. Yeah, you might be right if he continued doing it. Yeah. But he wrote, I'm a pepper, you're a pepper. Wouldn't you like yeah. to be a pepper too? I be believe it, maybe the Juicy Fruit spot as well. I, I'm, I don't know. There were a couple I'm, of them. That one, the Dr. Pepper one, he did oh, one for McDonald's. Uh, I can't remember that, It, but it was a famous one. But yeah. yeah. And he also played for Bette Midler. Really? So, yeah. Huh. Um. When Bette Midler started out, she was playing gay bathhouses in New York. Like she was playing that yeah. back scene, uh-huh. you know, like underground. Yeah. Nobody knew about it. And he was he was her piano player. Oh and God. so he started I guess she started giving him numbers to do. And yeah. so he s- struck out on his own. But yeah, oh Bette Midler playing gay bathhouses for Bette Midler and writing commercial jingles. <laughs> That's how, how you start. start. That's oh how you get. That's how you make it that's big in this town. That's what you know. Maybe that's where I went wrong. In my music career. There you go. Time (laughs) to start writing some jingles. (laughs) Um, So are you a musician then? No. um, I did, however, recently take up the ukulele. Okay. Or as some pretentious people call it, the ukulele. (laughs) Ukulele. Um, Ukulele. Yeah, it was supposed to be a, uh, you know, to relieve anxiety and and stress and like kind of attention or focus my attention on something. So. It has been really great. I've, okay. Um, I really enjoyed it. Like, I didn't think I would be... Uh, all my life, I would look at somebody playing an instrument uh-huh. and just be like, that is 
too mathematical for me. Okay. How do you figure out where your fingers are going? Like, wait, these fingers go here and then these ones go up and down and that mode. Like, how are you operating? It's like the scratching like, of the belly. And yeah, right. It just yeah. seemed bizarre and uh, incomprehensible to okay. me. And so uh, I got this. I said I wanted a ukulele and my mm-hmm. wife got me one. And, and you know, I just started looking at it. I was like, I'm going to figure this out. And uh, I, I have, I, I know a lot of chords now. Okay. I know a lot of the basic chords. Yeah. Did you study a book or are you just doing Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. uh, you know, the the first ukulele I got was this like toy ukulele. <laughs> and it came with like a little fold up, you know, thing, the cord, the <laughs> yeah. color coordinated right, right. Um, graphs, mm-hmm. you know. And so I started with that. Yeah. But then if you go online, obviously sure there is like. Right tutorial. Oh my God. Tutorial. They're like. So many different YouTube channels, mm-hmm. um, so many online like websites. Yeah. So I'm I'm getting there. Uh, the thing I'm struggling to do now is like I, I didn't think this would be a big deal. I thought mm-hmm. like this would be the part that I would nail is the singing and playing at the same time. That's it's very hard, difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Is, you know, your brain is always like tweaking your right away from the mm-hmm. the rhythm of your hands. And yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to figure that out. I'm trying to crack that nut. Okay. Do you feel like you have patience for it? Like when you are learning it? Or do you get frustrated quickly? Uh, No. It's interesting. I I do have patience for it. Okay. I, I like to try to figure out. And the other thing is you can, when you do get frustrated, you can move on to a different. That's true. Like I'm yeah. going to try plucking now. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to try just changing from. F to G, yeah. you know, like there's enough there's enough there stuff. that you can just yeah. keep bouncing around without getting too. But it is frustrating, but it's also rewarding. Yeah, if you, I, yeah, I, it would frustrate me. Do you play anything? Um, I took six months of piano when I was eight. Mm-hmm. I took three years of cello. The problem is I play by ear so I can hear it like you play it for me twice and I can usually get it out for you. Yeah. That's what pissed all of my teachers off because I'd be like, can you play this section? Right, right. And just take it in. And they'd be like, yeah, you have to read the music. You actually have to practice this. So when I sit down now, because I don't play piano anymore, I want to be able to. And when I can't, I'm just like, no, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. It didn't work. I'm not perfectionist. Yeah, yeah. I get that. And that's good. Is it? I think so. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, everything I've read about it is you're going to get frustrated. You know, they, they say that learning actually is more effective when you um you do it in short bursts and you come back okay. and you come back so like if you get frustrated just yeah. go yeah walk away come back and and have at it again i do i just want it to happen though i just want to be able to sit down and it's like yeah oh, that yeah, just yeah. happened yeah. and that doesn't happen so the ukulele <laughs> seems like maybe a good start for you so maybe i should you know because there's less things less things to do you know you look at <laughs> right <laughs> right i got more Fingers, then there are strings for this thing. The challenge that I have with, and I, the uke may be different. Did I just say uke? Yeah, see, look at you, hipster. I just said uke, I know. Let me put my man the butt uke. on. Um, the thing, though, is when I play the cello, your fingers move in just the right order. Yeah. <laughs> with the guitar, I could never figure out the guitar because they're all over the place. I'm making weird motions with my fingers. You can't <laughs> see it. Um, but that, that in order to make a chord, your fingers are all askew, like... Yeah. No. And there's weird, like, weird chord shapes that yeah. seem like, how did anybody ever figure this right. out? It's like um, eating, like, 
hot peppers. Like, you know, somebody ate this. Somebody ate this and decided. <laughs> to find out. <laughs> you would think early humans would taste this and then we would yeah, never we would touch that never thing again, again, right? Like, that's poison. Yes. Don't ever eat that. Are you not a spicy food fan? No, I am. I oh, love spicy okay, food. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> it had you know, like, yeah, you had somebody had to have gone, I'm going to put this finger here yeah. and I'm going to defy physics. <laughs> put this finger here. And now... This finger is going to wrap around like, and, my and you think, how did anybody me, get here? How did anybody arrive at this? But there's thing? always somebody. There and is this always is, somebody. This is my, this is what I stand behind. It is like the tag on the hairdryer that says, don't use it in the bathtub. Uh-huh. The problem is somebody used it in the bathtub. It right. took one person to get electrocuted by drying their hair in the bathtub. I think in that instance, it probably took many people. Oh. <laughs> I think probably there were a hundred people who used the hairdryer in the in the bathtub. I see the yeah, convenience. Kind of and then they're like, guys, knock it off. Right. Yeah. Sort of like the time. Because that was the, that was, that was pre, you know, pre the litigious era. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so it took a lot of people to die doing that before somebody would. <laughs> the chances of death. For put a sticker on the, the hair dryer. We can't do that. You know how much money that will cost us? But people are dying people by the hundreds. Dying. Right. I, you know, I'm, I, I see the convenience. I see that it would probably save a lot of time. You know, I'm just surprised that the, that sticker isn't on toasters. To use the toaster in the bathtub? <laughs> Don't use it in the bathtub. <laughs> Don't use this toaster Same in the bathtub. Same time in the morning. Toast your toast in the tub <laughs> while you're in it. Oh, my goodness. Uh, okay, so wait. Are you are you from Columbus? Did no, you grow up here? Where are you from? I'm from Steubenville, Ohio. Steubenville. Where, where Dino is where from. Where Dino is from. Yeah. When did you, how did you get here? Uh, I came up here to go to school. Ohio State? Mm-hmm. Very good. What'd you study? I studied English and film. Very nice. And a little bit of women's studies. Did you really? Yeah. Okay. What did you, like, what sort of stuff? Because I know that that's probably very different than what women's studies looks like today. Um, I don't know that it's, I don't know how different it is. I, 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 I imagine it's a little different. Um, yeah, so my sister uh, came out when I was like 17 or mm-hmm. 18. Okay. And so when I went to school, I was kind of like, I want to, you know, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I because it, it changed my mm-hmm. my worldview, right? And, um, and so yeah, I kind of like was looking for an elective, mm-hmm. and there was this one women's studies course, yeah. And I said, oh, I I need this, so mm-hmm. I got into this class, and I it really blew my mind, yeah. Because what it seemed to me to be what feminism. Mm-hmm at least at that time, right. seemed to me to be, was not about holding women up above anybody else, mm-hmm. uh, but really examining inequality mm-hmm. from from the from the very yeah t- bottom, I guess, to the mm-hmm. top. So, in other words, um, the first difference that happens between human beings when they're born is the sexual difference, right, right? or whatever happens there. That is the first difference at yeah, birth. Right. And so that's where that's where the first othering of another mm-hmm. human being comes from. Right. So feminism seemed to be this way of looking at the world that way. Mm-hmm. That it wasn't necessarily about, you know, women need equal pay. Yeah. That was a part of it. At right. Some, but it was really about, hey, let's look at how we how we hold people down mm-hmm. for whatever whatever the difference is. Right. So it was this all-encompassing. Okay. It encompassed race. It encompassed yeah. gender. It yeah. encompassed sex. It encompassed economics. It mm-hmm. encompassed. I was fascinated by it. Cool. And then, um, 
when you're a film studies at that per, at that point, mm-hmm. when you were a film studies person at Ohio State, you had to you had to chase film programs across all these different departments. Yeah. So, you know, you might have to take uh, a, a film class that was mm-hmm. offered in the women's studies department, and yeah. that would look at like Silence of the Lambs mm-hmm. through the lens of feminism, right? Or whatever. Or you would take classes in the history of art department, mm-hmm. or so you got this really. It was this Very really broad. beautiful kind yeah. of way of experiencing a lot of different um, educational avenues mm-hmm. through this one lens. But I, I, I really, I took a lot of women's studies classes. Nice. I thought that was really cool. Well, it sounds like now good. everybody, every woman I've ever been involved with hears that and they're like, bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit, because you just, you don't, that's not, you know what I mean? They think, and, and, excuse me. So they, you know, because I'm, I am a, this is how I know I've mm-hmm. taken women's studies classes and I say, hey, look, I am just a product of my culture. I'm, a, right. I'm a socialized heterosexual right. male. Like, I'm sorry, I'm trying to be better than that. Yeah. But you're right. I am. It seems sometimes like that's hard to believe. Hmm. Because, you know, I behave in these kind of not always pleasant male, heterosexual male ways. Yeah. You know? Uh, We all have our flaws. Yeah. We are human. We are flawed. Flawed, flawed, flawed. I need to go to the bathroom. Okay. Because now I've drank two (laughs) cups of coffee. Just don't go in the chair. Yeah. Like, why is the ukulele so popular now? I don't know. In fact, a few years ago... Um, I remember my niece, uh, decided she was going to take up the ukulele and she's like super talented. Yeah. Um, and I just remember thinking, really? That's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) So Like if you're going to take, yeah, if you're going to take up something, come on, take up something legit. Like, like the tuba. Yeah. Ukulele. That seems idiotic to me. (laughs) It seemed like, it seemed like a waste of instrument. Really? Yeah. Okay. And for her, because that's how much I thought of her. You are going to take up. You play yeah. piano. You like do all this cool stuff. Why mm-hmm. would you play this dopey but it was moron instrument? But yeah, so I think it was that guy. There was some dude that covered uh, somewhere over the rainbow oh, with the uh, ukulele. Is yeah, is, I, is. I, I can't pronounce his last name. Kamakawala wakauloye. I think he's dead. I don't know. I just thought you were actually busting it out. Yeah. I was like, so, no, wow, he right. he died at like thirty-two. He was yeah. so he 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 is was now you call him was yeah. No, but so it was that thing. You think that that I was think, the... Yeah, she just thought, I mean, a lot of kids thought that sound was cool. Yeah. And I don't know. I think a lot of people too, like me, mm-hmm. find themselves like wanting to play an instrument. And yeah. it's just like, it's so not intimidating. Okay. It's smaller. And, and it's smaller yeah. and there are four strings. Mm-hmm. So it seems like this is something I can wrap my head around. And you can easily wrap it around someone else's head if they, you know, it's, you can swing it easier than a guitar. Right. You know what I mean? It's oh, one-handed. Yeah, you can't beat somebody over the head with a guitar using one hand. Absol- well, in a, in Animal House. No, I guess he used two uh, hands. Two hands. So yeah. the ukulele is a one-handed. One-handed smasher. Smashing. Smashing thing. machine. Yeah. I dig it. Wow. But I guess that's, I don't know. I mean, I guess because it's approachable. Okay. So it's less intimidating than picking up the flute per se. Yeah, I guess. I would, yeah, right. Okay. That seems, and also you can't sing and play the flute at the same time. <laughs> you could. You it could. go well. But the music would stop as the soon music, as you started yeah. singing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. It'd be a so, bizarre. Pretty, 
It's like whistling and humming at the same time. Mm. It doesn't sound pretty, but it's possible. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I bet. So you came for, for Ohio State. Uh-huh. And you got film studies down and women's studies and yeah. English. Like, what happened? What was the next step? So then there was this, like, nerdy video store that was, like, the dream of every movie nerd to work at. It was called Aardvark Video. I remember that It was that in the place. short north uh-huh. when people still used to defecate in the streets there. Well, they probably still do. Yeah. Well, just but up it's quicker. just, yeah, but it's cleaned up very quickly <laughs> and it's, you know, Later. it's high end defecation. It now. is. It From is. people who have eaten at the Hubbard Grill too much, you know. <laughs> it's just it's like that, stomach The issues. defecation now is like $100 a yeah. pound defecation. And they're probably going to give you a parking meter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I got this job at this really nerdy video store that I, I loved. Yeah. And it, it was so uh, esoteric that they used to um, they used to uh, categorize the movies by director. Really? Yeah, so you had to know your stuff yeah. to, to really okay. get in there and move around. Um, so this so wasn't I started like your blockbuster. No, this was no, this, this was the indie. People came specifically for. Yeah, they okay. loved that, right? Yeah. And there was like a cult movie section and then movies – broken up into like uh country you know so there were like oh, japanese wow. and polish movies and weird avant-garde films yeah. and it was just like the place to be okay and uh so i was you know a film studies and english mm-hmm. uh student and so i saw in the newspaper the other paper do you remember the I other loved paper the other paper yeah news of the weird yeah, yeah. so they were looking for a movie critic and I just kind of went for that and okay. got it and um, became a film critic and so that was really? that. yeah and that really was that really was everything I got that yeah. I you know brought my own unique smart ass sensibility to that format and mm-hmm. I would you know definitely I was I've always been a frustrated performer I've always wanted yeah. to perform okay. but I've never had the courage to go out and just like audition for things okay. or so I just kept finding ways to perform through a, through a different venue. venue, Right. right. So I, I believe that my film criticism at that time was legitimate. Like Mm -hmm. I was a student and I I cared very much about what I was saying, but I made sure I said it in a very entertaining way because I wanted attention. And so I got it. I got that (laughs) attention. And then I, I ended up doing those movie reviews on, uh, channel six and 28 Mm -hmm. and I got hired. Uh, to be like an en- entertainment reporter. Mm-hmm. And Did you like it? I loved it. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just eventually couldn't stand the assholes in management. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, yeah. but, and I think that's really, n- now that I'm older, I can see that really what that was, was me just being a creative person, mm-hmm. not being able to handle people telling me what to do mm-hmm. or, you know, yeah. cause I started out with a lot of creative freedom mm-hmm. and then, uh, as management structure changed right. and people came and went, that creative freedom became less and less, mm-hmm. you know, what it was at the beginning. Right. And, and I just felt constricted. And so yeah. I decided it was time to get out of there. I regret that decision. I, sh- mm-hmm. I, I should have stuck it out. That's what I always admired about Dino. Yeah is that he had this really long career in radio and he's a creative too. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't see, you know, my short-sightedness was, I need my creative freedom right now. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to get it this way. I want it this way. And like, you know, Dino is this great example of somebody who just listened to all the 
management change, whatever, whatever mm. this douche was saying, that's fine, whatever. Yeah, 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 I got it, I got it, I got it. And mm. you just do it and you just get through it and you find your uh, creative satisfaction elsewhere, right? Whether right. that's through stand-up comedy mm-hmm. or writing or making yeah. films or whatever. And I, I just didn't have that foresight. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would, I would do that a little differently. Right. Now. Do you miss it at all? I do. I do yeah. miss it. It was amazing. Yeah. Like I was, I was interviewing, uh, you know, celebrities all the time. I was going on junkets. Mm-hmm. I was just doing weird stuff around here, yeah. hang gliding. I ran into a guy last night that was like, Hey, we have a connection. My, one of my very dear friends taught you how to hang glide, um, you know, 15 years ago. Oh, and I was like, Oh wow. That was an amazing experience. So yeah, yeah, there was so much cool stuff. And by the way, it doesn't didn't always have to be something grand like mm-hmm. hang gliding. I, right. I enjoyed meeting people who would teach me about knitting, hmm. you know, or like yeah. going to these little stodgy historical spots and just learning some kind of bizarre story or interesting yeah. tidbit of history. Right. right. So. Right. Yeah, you I probably learned it. a lot about Columbus too. I did. Yeah, I don't remember all of well, it, that's, but that's <laughs> we do that, and whiskey yeah. does that too. Yeah, whiskey. Yeah. But now, killer. now let's let's chat about <clears throat> what was this a week ago? Because you talk about interviewing celebrities. Yeah. Yeah. So how was interviewing William Shatner? It was really great. <laughs> it was really yeah, great. Yeah, no big deal. You no know? big deal. No big deal. I was worried because I was kind of rusty. I haven't I haven't been on stage in a long time. Where was this? It was Southern? at the Palace Theater. Oh, the Palace. Okay. Uh, yeah, so he was passing through town. He's on a tour where they show Star Trek II, The mm-hmm. Wrath of Khan. And then afterwards, he comes out and he regales the audience with some stories of his yeah. career. And that, that becomes a, a moderated interview. And then... Um, and then that's it. And so okay. uh, I saw that he was coming and I thought, oh, that's really cool. And then this guy from Kappa reached mm-hmm. out to me and asked me if I wanted to moderate. He said, I thought you would be really great at this, mm-hmm. which I appreciate yeah. somebody because, you know, I I'd had a small talk show briefly in mm-hmm. town um, that I put on hiatus when okay. I started going through some personal problems. Yeah. Um, and I am. I am good at it. I'm good at what you're doing to me right now. And, uh, I know you are. That's and I have right. fun doing it and, and I love it. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, I jumped at the chance to mm-hmm. do this and it was really amazing. I've, I'd listened to a lot of interviews with William Shatner mm-hmm. and they can go South pretty quickly. Really? He Just can he, well, he can be a little mercurial. He can be a little domineering. Okay. And, uh, you know, but I was like, I'm a huge Howard Stern fan and Howard Stern, in some ways really inspired and shaped uh-huh. my approach to right. my career. And, uh, I don't have any, I, I never ended up like that obviously, yeah. but, yeah. um, Not it helped yet. me, it helped me connect to people. It helped me make right. real, a real connection with people. Yeah. And I don't know. I thought it went extraordinarily well. Okay. I had a lot of fun. I think he clearly had a lot of fun. We had yeah. a lot of fun together and I was, um, sort of agitated <laughs> afterwards uh, because I, I did see that it went so well, you know, like right. I w- felt really great. I am the f- hardest person on myself. Yeah. If I do anything wrong, you like, believe me, I, I already know what's wrong with 
everything I've said so far and the way I've said it. Like I hear it. It really? is like I, I log it. And I'm like, okay, you okay, just okay. play it over and over. Yeah. And, yeah. So there's nothing you're going to tell me that I haven't already thought myself and beat myself up over. Right. So at the end of this thing, I felt great. Yeah. I was like, this dude loved me. He was like having a great time. So I was expecting to hear all this stuff, right? right? So I got some feedback from friends who were there. And they were mm-hmm. like, hey, man, great job tonight. Really like the blah, blah, blah. And I was, I was like, great job. <laughs> Did you see this guy? This guy is like yeah. hard to control. Yeah. He's like standing up. Yeah. Telling. Sorry. He's kind of he's all over sta- the place. Yeah. He's standing up. He's yeah. telling stories. He's like never really answers a question, you know. Um, but I had I my measure of success is how much am I making that person laugh and how much am I making that person kind of respect the Mm -hmm. conversation. Yep. And I, I, you know, I went home to my wife last night or that night Mm -hmm. and she was like, and I I was kind of like mad. I was agitated. And she was like, what's wrong? She was, you did really great. And I was like, I know, (laughs) I know that's why I'm mad because no one really recognized what a great job I actually did. Now, this is very hard for me to say yeah. that I did a, a great job. Um, that, especially if you beat yourself up and you rewind. Yeah. And that, I was like, yeah. oh, my God. I I would. I just felt I can't even believe I'm saying this. This is I okay. I just felt like very few people could have. Did it the way I did it. Mm-hmm. And I wanted I wanted it to be I wanted recognized for that. Yeah. And, and it felt to me like Columbus was holding back on me a little bit. Yeah. They didn't want to say that people. Okay. And that kind of irritates me now, yeah. like this reluctance to, mm. to give, you know, I get it. There's probably a little bit of jealousy, right? Mm. Um, wow. What a great opportunity this schmuck had to sit up there and talk to William Shatner. Yeah. And so they want to hold back. So a couple weeks pass. Right. And, um, then I start doubting myself. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm an idiot. Maybe I wasn't that great. Yeah. Maybe it was, you know, what am I wanting? Why, why do I need all this attention? Right. So I got a Facebook message the other day from a woman I do not know. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like, hey, I just wanted to let you know I was on an airplane uh, this morning mm-hmm. and I talked to this guy and we started talking about Star Trek. And he told me that he recently had this opportunity to go to uh, the Palace Theater and see this thing with William Shatner. And he said that the rapport between the interviewer and Shatner was so entertaining and so great that he thought this guy must travel with William nice. Shatner from city to city to to do this thing and i was like you know thank you thank do you, you feel do you feel now a l- more a little more justified and of course I feel justified. Settled. Yes. I feel like yeah i was right. i'm not needed? crazy yeah. i thought i was maybe being a, a bratty crazy insecure, you know, nutcase. But it turns out I was exactly right. Yeah. So I really Good. appreciated that this lady yeah. took the time to do that. I, like I said, I don't know her. Um, you do now. I do now. You do now. She's one of my dear friends. Yes. You better <laughs> keep in touch with tight. her. That's amazing though. And that's, I mean, I think that that's something just, the fact that, that somebody reaches out to you, I think in general, even before the, before the interview goes on, like that should speak volumes to you and that, Hey, we respect this person. We know that that you are capable. Yeah. So and t- as a performer of sorts, I mean, like that, the imposter syndrome is so hard yeah. to, to to 
to torture yourself with to have some sort of validation like that is right. It's a gift, you know, it's kind of really just kind of helps you just, okay, all right. I'm not nuts. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing. I learned a lot about myself through the whole thing Hmm. because, because once I left TV, I've never, I'd I'd never stopped performing Mm -hmm. in one way or another. Um, after I left TV, I started doing a variety show at the shadow box. Mm -hmm. I did my talk show there. I did, some sketch comedy with uh, Nina West mm-hmm. and Jimmy Mack. And so I never stopped doing it. Right. So last year, last June, when I needed to just kind of put everything, right. just slam the brakes on <coughs> my creative life, um, you know, I, I I went through this whole period of, I don't need that. All right. Maybe that is, maybe, maybe that's just getting in the way of mm. me being, present in my relationships, me being present as a father. Yeah. Um, you know, so I needed, I think to put it away for a little bit mm-hmm. just to kind of get some mm-hmm. distance from it. To realize how much you needed it. To realize how much I needed it, but also maybe to like properly contextualize it. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, and so I definitely want to do it more mm-hmm. and get back. I, I mean, it is a skill. It's, Absolutely. it is what I yeah, feel what I'm, that's what best you're made at. for. Yeah, in yeah. some ways. And so, you know, that whole thing, I was so worried about it. Like, am I going to get up on stage and just crap the bed? Like, is this going to, like, maybe I'm just fooling myself. Yeah. So to be able to get right in it, jump in there, mix it up with arguably one of the more dynamic personalities. And, and challenging. And challenging, yeah. right? And, uh, and hold my own and amuse him. That's mm-hmm. the big thing for me. I... He had a good time. Yeah. He had fun. Good. And not just because the audience was receptive to right. him, but because of our interaction, mm-hmm. William Shatner had fun this one night. Maybe he'll remember Columbus. Maybe he'll remember this yeah. town. And maybe he'll say, ah, oh, I had a great time there. Right. Because, you know, I'm sure it doesn't always go so well. I'm sure you know? it doesn't. And that's So to that's be validated to like that yeah. was great, especially at a time when I'm, I've been so hard on myself mm-hmm. or I've been so laid so low. Right. Yeah. It was nice to hear. That's awesome. Yeah. And those are things to hang on to too. Mm. That you need to pull out. Oh, believe me, I will hang on to it. I'm gonna um frame this lady's I'm gonna take a (laughs) screenshot of this message. Well, and it wouldn't hurt to reach out back to her and just say, have you reached out? Okay. For sure. Yeah. Like just to say Absolutely. What you said means a lot to me. I did. I said that means so much. You know, I really appreciate hearing that. That's it was great. What would your if uh, top of the funnel idea, like what would you want to do creatively next? Like what would be a, a, something that you haven't done that you'd want to do? Yeah. Um, well, I've always told Dino, I want to write a movie where um, we're uh, partners, mm-hmm. police, like on the police force. And he is, um, he's this tough guy, homicide detective. And I'm this really neurotic um forensic guy okay. that gets partnered with him. Oddly, I can see this happening. Yeah. Yep, and it'd be great going. where I'm just uh-huh. like a bundle of nerves and just yeah. kind of like really agitating him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, originally I would think like if this was a big Hollywood movie made in 1990 or 1985, yeah. it would have been uh, Clint Eastwood and Woody Allen. <laughs> so that's what I would like to do, okay. you know, but that's probably never going to happen. Have you ever, like, have you written stuff down or? I write, yeah, I write all kinds of ideas down. Mm-hmm. I write like, um, my wife is a stand-up comic. Oh, cool. So okay. when we started doing our talk show together, yeah, we would constantly just sort of wake up in the middle of the night and like just laugh and start thinking, riffing off of each other. Right. And 
and yeah, we would write those things down. Mm -hmm. And and now I have this huge uh, reservoir of like, mm-hmm. you know, ideas right. and joke ideas. And mm-hmm. I've always wanted to do stand up. Um, I've done it in the context of my talk show where I would get up and do a monologue. Yeah. But it's different. It's yeah. a little different than, you know, I have this show built around it. So, yeah. like, I can bail out and then well, kind of change. Well, people come to stand-up comedy shows for stand-up comedy. Right, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do. I, I do want to – what I would love to do is, since I'm at WCBE now, mm-hmm. um, I would like to bring a, a live talk show mm-hmm. to that station. Yeah. Um, I listen to WOSU as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Um, and I, I listen to Ann Fisher mm-hmm. whenever I can. I like that show. Yeah, Ann is great. She's and phenomenal. that's a great show. Uh, I would like to go right up against Ann and do something my way, mm-hmm. you know, and because yeah. I think there's a, an audience for that. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to do it something a little lighter, something a little right. not just as topical, mm-hmm. but maybe just something a little more personality driven, yeah. a little more. Loose, a little more fun. Right. Not uh, as current topic based. Yeah, or it could be. Yeah. Just want to do it my way. Just want to have, you know, I just want to be me. And yeah. I think that that, I think there's room for that. Absolutely. I agree. So that would be one thing. Okay. You ever thought about acting? I, I yeah. But see, that requires like, it requires people saying maybe something I did is not good. <laughs> <laughs> that does happen. You know, unfortunately. Or, yeah. Yeah. So I won't audition. Okay. <laughs> so there's a funny story. A few a uh, few years ago, um, there was this guy, this friend of my local filmmaker, Jason Tostevin, who has made a number of independent films that they they travel all over the world with mm-hmm. him. Usually he does short films. Yeah. But he's really kind of really big on the short film circuit. Okay. And he uh, came up to me one time and he was like, hey, I – have you ever thought about acting? And I was like, of course I think about acting. Of course. (laughs) I've thought about it since I was like four. Yeah. And he says, uh, I'm making a movie and and there's a part in it that I think you would be really great for. So would you read for it? Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, (laughs) I, uh, that's really great. And I go, what, like just out of curiosity, I was messing around. Like, I didn't know how serious he was. So what, what's, is it? He's like, well, it's this. I go, is it funny? Because that I, I can, yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. You know, and he was like, actually, no, it's like the villain of the piece. But I, for some reason, see you doing it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's really great. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, that's really nice. And yeah. he was like, I'll tell you what, you don't have to read for it. I'll just give it to you. Really? And I said, I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so I did it. Mm hmm. It's this short film called IOU. Mm-hmm. So I can't remember what year this was now, probably 2012, maybe. Okay. And uh yeah, it's about a um a guy who's he's got he's got this little perfect little life. He's married in the suburbs and mm-hmm. whatever. And he gets this phone call from an old friend who blackmails him into doing this favor for him because he owes him this. He, he helped him with something dark in his past. Mm -hmm. And now this guy is, and I'm the guy that like shows up and stir, like just makes his life fall apart. Okay. And, uh, it was great fun. I had a wonderful time doing it. And, uh, I was pretty good. I think I was pretty good, but here's, here's how I see things. Right. So it's a local film. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's bad already. It's already bad. 
it's never going to be great because it's local and and nothing nothing great has been made locally from a film critic's perspective. Okay. It's okay. There's some stuff is good. Yeah, yeah. We're just, I mean, it takes a lot to make mm-hmm. something really great. Takes a lot of money. So it takes a lot of money. It also like it takes it takes people, it takes local people to see the limitations of what they're working with and Absolutely. realize that. And I think we too often here pat each other on the back, you know. Yeah. Um anyway, <laughs> I I felt that I, I was okay in it. And um so he Jason starts, you know, touring the film all mm-hmm. around the country and the world. It played in France and nice. uh and it started winning all kinds of Awards and audience awards, and I, I won a number of best supporting actor nice. uh, awards at these things. So that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I, it's probably because you win because nothing else is that much better than it. You know, um, and the the true uh, measure of how good I was was one night we showed it at the Gateway Film Center, mm-hmm. and uh, I took my kid to see it. My okay. oldest, he was like, I think. 13 12 or 13 at the time mm-hmm. and we sat through it you know and he watched it he's an attentive moviegoer okay. fade to black credits come up you know and i was like so vincent what did you think how was i and he's like mm, you're okay i was like okay <laughs> but it was the mm, this face like mm, okay let me measure <laughs> you know if i could see what was going on in his head he was like mm, okay I'm going to be honest here. Um, it wasn't that great. You know, it wasn't that great, but I mean. I've seen worse. Yeah, I've seen, I've worse. seen worse. I don't know. Yeah, it was definitely seen better. You know, and yeah. it just came out as, you're okay. Okay. You're okay. Ah, uh, kids. Yeah. 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 But they're brutally honest. Yeah. And it was, he's he was right. It was okay. <laughs> I think we need that though sometimes. I mean, you do say sometimes people are a little too apt to give a pat on the back where you're kind of like, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, thanks. And for see, that's what that, I'm talking but... about. I will tell you when I was just okay. Yeah. But I'll also tell you when I think I was great. Right. <laughs> I think you need people like that, though. I, I, I'm not saying I want everybody because I am an actor and I, I do need my pat on the back sometimes. Yeah. But I think that it's good to have people in your circle that are willing to say, hey, I'm glad I got to come. So I didn't understand blah, blah, blah. Or. Good criticism is worth its weight. Feel... It really I is. I really, really genuinely believe that. Like, it you is. have to be able to take. You have to be able to take it on the chin. Absolutely. And, it's, it, and it, it sucks, but then you go, okay, well, what did I do? And then you fix it. And, and you know, or so you, you try to fix it. Here's the thing I learned about doing the talk show, the mm-hmm. Not So Late Show at the Shadowbox, mm-hmm. which had a, one of the things I'm most proud of is um, in the short, well, we did it for three years. Okay. It's a uh, long time. Yeah. And Mojo Flow was our house band. Mm, nice. Uh, that was great. Um we had so many amazing guests on mm-hmm. um, and it was a lot of fun. What I was most proud of was the people who became our core audience, the people mm-hmm. who showed up. They didn't want to miss it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, we turned audience members into guests. Mm-hmm. Guests became audience members. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so like one of our guests was uh, Lana Moore, who was like the first mm-hmm. transgender okay. firefighter mm-hmm. in town. And so we had Lana on as a guest first. Mm. And then she showed up every month after that oh, as an audience cool. member. Yeah. <clears throat> that was, I love that, mm-hmm. you know? And that's, then there that's were- the greatest compliment. And then there were, yeah. there were audience members who I'd see all the time and I'd start talking to them. Mm-hmm. One of these guys, uh, 
Doc Alan Sakalik. Mm-hmm. He would show up every every uh, every month, and I start talking to to Doc, and he's a gynecologist. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Well, I need you to come on because I got questions for you." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and so, like, he became a guest, and oh, uh, so there was just this really great rapport mm-hmm. with with that that, that yeah. fluidity. I yeah. loved that. Um, would you do that show again? Would yeah, I would. Maybe I would call it something else though, because I think I'm done with that. But yeah, but what I noticed. Is like so. Afterwards, is also something I'm proud of. Mm-hmm. I am proud of the fact that people afterwards could feel like they could tell me what they thought. Cool. Not just yeah. come up to me and go, "Oh my god, it's so it great! So You're so great!" Blah yeah. blah blah. They'd be like, "That was really interesting. I, I did. I really liked this, but I didn't like that." Mm-hmm. Or well, that first interview went on really a little bit too long, but then. The last one. Oh my gosh, you should have more of that guy, mm-hmm. right? So every at the end of every show, I would hear some variation of this. Mm-hmm. Invariably, I would hear one person say, boy, that first interview, that went on a little long. Johnny, you need to really kind of rein that in. Third third guest, though, she was amazing. I would watch her for now. And then Next person would come reversed. up to me and go, boy, I, I could have listened to that first interview for like an mm-hmm. hour. You did a really great job. Like the third interview, that, that girl, not so, not so much, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So what I learned was no one knows what they're talking about. That is perfect. Mm-hmm. That's actually the best compliment you can give me, yeah. right? Right. It, because now I get a wide swath of what the audience mm-hmm. is responding to. Have you ever seen a talk show wherein every guest is like no. amazing? No. And you must deal with it all the time, right? You Some guests are great. Some guests are not. Some interviews. They're all wonderful. Some <laughs> interviews are going to go really well. Some aren't. Right. But somebody out there. Yes. Somebody is needs gonna, to hear it. And some a, a section of your audience is going to think that was the best one ever. Yeah. This one was, they're going to hate this. They're going to hate mm, me. They're not. Shut up. No, but like, you know what I mean? There's just going to be these different, and but you I, can't listen to it. Right. Right. Yeah. The, the variety of the mm-hmm. responses that you get is the biggest kind of compliment. Absolutely. But I think that that's what I like about this format is that we're able to bring on all different walks of people. I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm biased a little bit that a lot of them are involved in the arts and that's that's just because that's my circle. Yeah. But, but what I've loved hearing, kind of the same thing, is where the compliments come from. Like, first off, oh my gosh, you listened? Wow, thank you. That's yeah. amazing. But also, who who really just kind of fell in love with which guest you never expect it. Yeah. Right. It's been so fun to hear that kind of, that kind of feedback. You know, one of my way. favorite things is like when, when, and it's not just this show, but I mean, other shows that I listen to where it's like, you say, okay, who's the guest? And you go, I, I, I don't know them or eh, they've never been one of my favorite celebrities or whatever it is. And then you listen to them. And you're like, that person is fascinating. Yeah. And like, I love moments like that. And yeah. I think that breaking free of like all the corporate interference with shows and stuff like mm-hmm. that and doing it independently is where you get, the natural conversation. And I think that, that you know? even with, even with day-to-day conversations that you are going to, you're drawn to certain pieces of somebody's conversation or you are like, Oh my gosh, I relate to that. So you just kind of start pulling into that moment. Yeah. I mean, it's rare that you speak with someone that you're like, Oh, we agree on every topic. No, that's never going to happen. Yeah. But that's, I, I think that that's, yeah, you're right. It, it's nice to hear that kind of feedback because mm-hmm. it shows you everybody's brain is really going to center on one thing or another. And that's okay. Yeah. That's a good thing. Like For that. sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's awesome.
Absolutely. Well, hey, thanks for coming hey, to chat. You bet. Yes. And so thank you for, for coming thank on. Thank you. Thanks for letting me uh, just cut loose a little this bit. This is a blast. This is, this is how we roll. Terrific. Yeah. Awesome. So thank you for listening to Speak Easily. Land Media. Think big.